0: My name is Mark, and I'm just glad that uh, you've joined us this morning, or, you know, as the Truman Show would say, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Uh, whenever it may be that you're watching, we're, we're glad that you are. Um, again, we encourage people to reach out to us if, uh, we, like you said, with people on YouTube. Uh, those watching, you're anonymous to us. We don't we don't know who you are or where you are. We're uh, pre- currently trying to call through everybody that we can think of, just to make sure that you're doing okay. And if you haven't heard from us within, you know, the next week or two, please uh, email me and give, send me your contact information. We'd love to touch base with you. Um, before I jump into the message this morning, I just really want to say thank you to our Kingsway family. I just want to say thank you for who you are uh, and for being the church uh, this week. Uh, you know, th- just having the chance to help a bunch of single moms uh, with groceries this week. One, uh, uh, We had one person contact me this week, and they knew of, of another a young girl who's ab- about to have a baby and has very little and could really use some help, and we were able to send gift cards her way. Uh, we had two families connected to our church who have COVID, and uh, they're pretty sick, and they were, you know, for a couple days anyways, and we're in quarantine. They're in quarantine currently, and we were able to br- bring groceries to their place and, and uh, drop off. Of grocery cards as well for some of them. Uh, so thank you for that. Some of you have even been responding this morning, just even sending me a text out that, hey, I know of a need in our, in our Kingsway family. Thank you for that. Because if we don't know the needs, we can't meet them. And uh, I'm grateful for that. I'm just grateful for so many of you who are just meeting needs just all on your own. Uh, and uh, man, like I said, I just so glad to be connected to this family. Uh, and and this morning, as we begin to just look at his word, I just, man, I remember that we are we are the church. And last week, we talked about a few things. I don't know if you remember. You know, last week, we talked about, you know, lockdown living. You know, the, as the lockdowns get tighter, uh, how we live matters. And and somebody had uh, emailed me last week and said, you know what, Mark, those th- three thoughts, man, they, they shouldn't just be for lockdown. They should be, like, for for all time. And I was like... Exactly. If we can learn this through lockdown, maybe it will um, affect the, the way we live our lives going forward. And, and we talked about three things. Just a quick reminder. We I would challenge you in, in, during lockdown, monitor your relationships. Monitor the people. Stay connected to, to at least one other family in some way. Whether that's a phone or Zoom or, or whatever. Find a way to stay connected. Monitor that in your life. We need it. Um, we said, too, monitor what's coming into your life. I mean, you've got to filter all the stuff coming through. All the information coming in, not everything is truth. And we've encouraged us as, as uh, Jesus followers to be seekers of truth. It's who we, who we are. Uh, and then also monitor your heart by monitor what's coming out of your life. Because the words that come out and the things that are coming out, they're telling you what's going on inside. And, and to monitor that, that we would speak, uh, that we'd speak words of life and that we, would, that we would speak the truth, but speak it in love. And so I'd encourage you to, to continue. And if you didn't hear last week's message, you can go back and find that on our, on our podcast or on the YouTube channel. And encourage you to, to take a moment to do that. Um, this week, I've listened to a lot of podcasts myself. This week, I, people are uh, sending me sermons, and man, I almost can't keep up with all of the sermons that are getting sent to me. Hey, listen to this guy. Hey, listen to this. Oh, hey, I heard this. Uh, check it out. But man, I've listened to a ton of them this week, and it was really, really uh, encouraging. There were some great things. I had a lot of conversations with people this week. Uh, our team has been calling through, but I have as well, and had a chance to chat with some people and. And, uh, you know, these conversations, as we've been chatting, uh, this, this, this common question came up, uh, comes up through, um, through our conversations, just in different ways, sometimes with the pastor, sometimes with people from our church. But the, the question is, hey, Mark, what's your, wh- where do you stand on, the, on this topic? And what's your stance on this issue? And, and, and when's the church going to stand up for its rights and stand up against all this craziness? And, and where, where are you going to stand? And so this morning... Um, I wanted to just put together this really nice, neat, clean little, here you go. Here, here's where we stand. we stand. And I realize that, you know, that cannot be done in the time that we have. And so we're actually going to start a series I simply want to call Here I Stand. Here I Stand. And as I talk about that, I'd encourage you to consider where you stand as well. And uh, it's a series because there really is no short answer to those questions. But this morning, I want to look at one part of that. And, uh, and, and I, as, I, as I was preparing for this, I wondered how many of you are inspired by people that stand up for what they believe in? How many of us are, you know, you're, just, you're so inspired when you see people who are like, man, they stand for what they believe is right. Man, I am. Like, I watch people, like, I watch movies like Braveheart, and, my, and Braveheart's an old movie now. I, so my, my nephews are, like, making fun of my gray hair, and I'm like, they're like, so, yeah, so, so I'm old, and I like old movies. But maybe you've seen the meme of, you know, William Wallace riding across that, that, that plane with all of those people there, and him shouting out, you know, they may take our women, but they'll never take our freedom! Or something like that. You know, freedom. I I will, I will give everything and anything for freedom. And I've been challenged too by some of the messages where people have looked back at the heroes of our faith you know, the, the Hebrews 11 and, and, and others who, you know, like Daniel, who stood up for, for what he uh, truly believed and the God he believed, and, and he ended up in a lion's den, and God rescued him and was, and was glorified. Heard messages about, you know, Shack and Benny, uh, as I, you know, knew about those guys from Veggie Tales, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who just said, you know, when there was an edict passed across the land, you may, you'll may you worship who we tell you to worship. And they're like, "Uh, sorry, that, that goes against everything in us, and we will worship the Lord our God, no matter what you tell the rest of the planet to do. We, we are committed to this. They ended up with a date in the fiery furnace, which they survived. You know, and, and, and out of that, God was glorified. I think of Elijah, who stood on a, mount, a mountain with hundreds of other prophets against him, one against the masses, and he said, God, I'll stand for you. I'll stand for truth. And fire came down and consumed the sacrifice. I'm like, oh, you know, these people. And, and what happened? God was glorified. Man, I don't want to preach about that. You know, it was like, that. Hey, let's stand and inspire. And like, yeah, let's do it. We're going we're gonna to get there. And, you know, and then I, but then I, I begin to read other stories of, of uh, you know, people like Stephen in the New Testament who said, I'll stand for the truth of who Jesus is. And they took him out and they stoned him. He did not survive that. I, I think about Paul. Apostle Paul who said, I'm going to stand for who Jesus is and what he's done in my life. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. I'm going to stand for that. And they would beat him, and they whipped him, and they imprisoned him, and finally, like, okay, we give up. We'll just behead him. Let's put an end to this thing. You know, I've been reading through the Fox's book of Martyrs I'm reading about, um, and actually, it's, a, it's a, um, a thing put out by DC Talk based on those martyrs. And just reading about how many didn't survive, and not all survived, but but in all God was glorified. And I read about that, and I wrestle with that and you know as i as i as I thought about you know these people who stood for their convictions against all odds, it's like it's inspiring, but today we're not going to talk about that, you know maybe in a couple of weeks we'll 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 look at some of that, but as I read and studied this week, you know i i I couldn't get away from this one thought and so i I believe this morning that he's he's really been speaking into my heart through this the past week, and I, my hope is that it'll speak into yours as well. You know, at the beginning of the year last year, we did a series called The Armor of God, and we talked about, you know, being reminded to, to, to be always wearing it. Do you remember that series? We just simply stated one thing. From now on, put that on, put that on right? Like, yeah, you remember. That's a whole year ago, and yet you remember that, and And I hope, like when he said, from now on, means, you know, this is something I want you to continuously be doing. And for many, it was a great preparation for them for this year. It was written by Paul. That man we just referenced. Paul, a man who hated hated Jesus' followers and and murdered them out of his hatred, He met Jesus and became a Jesus follower. And then he told everyone about Jesus. And he mentored these gatherings of Jesus followers, sometimes in person and sometimes through letters. And and one of the letters that he wrote to them was written to a group of Jesus followers in Ephesus. And and here's what he wrote to them. And and you'll remember this from from last year, but we read this, Ephesians 6, verse 10. A final word. That's that thought, from now on. Here's, Here's my thoughts for you. From now on, Jesus followers, be strong. Jesus followers, be strong. Be strong in what? Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Verse 11, put on all God's armor. What's, why? So you'll be able to stand firm. When, you, when, when you're required to stand, you, you better be strong in him so that you'll be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. He, he reminds us of who our true enemy is. It's, he says in verse 12, he clarifies, he says, we're not fighting flesh and blood. We're not fighting against people, politicians, other religions, other belief systems. We're not, we're not fighting against people. He's like, the, we're fighting against something much, much more um, dangerous. And it's these evil rulers and authorities of an unseen world. We're fighting against mighty powers in this dark world. You sense the darkness. That's, that, it's real. He's like, that darkness has a name and has a face. He says, we're fighting against those evil spirits in the heavenly places. So because that's true, he says in verse 13, he says, so therefore put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. And after the battle, you'll be standing firm. When the battles happen, he's like, man, if you're armored up, you're going to be the one standing. And then in verse 14, in one translation, it says, after having done everything to stand, well then stand. Stand firm. Stand your ground. And he he goes on to talk about the armor. Put on the belt of truth, which we talked about last week. It goes over your mind and, and sorts and filters what's true and what's not true. Put on the body armor of God's righteousness. I'm righteous in him, not my behavior, but who I am in him. For shoes, he says, and just remember that word. For shoes, he says, put on the peace that comes from the good news. Be prepared to share the gospel. And he says, so you'll be fully prepared. Verse 16, in addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And I love, man, Kingsway, I love how many of you have joined us this year to say, man, I'm, I am literally going to take up his Word as you've joined us in the Bible project to say, I'm going to read through the New Testament with you. Not just like, oh, I'm a Jesus follower. Yeah, I believe what the Bible says. Some, some, you know, love, some, uh, somewhere in the back, you know, Jesus followers, we keep the Ten Commandments and we believe in heaven. Like, no, I'm going to find out for myself what's in this thing. And I'm going to put it in my heart, I'm going to put it in my head, so that it's on my tongue, so that when things come my way, it's like, no, his word says. Man, I love it. They've taken up the sword of the Spirit. It's a powerful thing. Verse 18, pray, 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 pray in the Spirit, pray at all times, pray on every occasion, when we pray, whenever. Just, just be armored up and be in prayer and conversation with your Heavenly Father. Stay alert. Be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Man, I encourage you with these words. And Paul humbly says to them, hey, while you're praying, pray for me too. Pray for me too, he says. Ask God to give me the right words so that I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for Jews and Gentiles alike. Man, I'm in chains right now, he says, but I'm still preaching this message as God's ambassador. So pray that I'll keep speaking boldly for him as I should. Can I, can I just invite you in that same, same thought? Would, I know many of you are praying for me, and thank you for that. And I, I appreciate it, and I know it. And I'm just asking, would you continue to pray for us? Would you continue to pray for us? I think about the, the chance that we have to share the gospel. Had people contact me this week who have unbelieving friends who want to talk to me. <laughs> I'm like, who, who, who goes out and says, hey, you know, do you, think, do you think your pastor would be willing to talk to me? Man, it's not it's not about me, but there's opportunity to share the gospel. Can I just tell you that as well? Those, those people are willing to talk to you. There's people waiting to talk to you that you would be, that you would be ready to share good news with them. Man, my hope is that, the, that his, his church will continue to grow. His gospel will continue to be spread. Paul is like, man, I'm in prison, but hey, I got a captive audience. My guards can't go anywhere either. So hey, let me tell you about Jesus. Man, wherever we find ourselves there's somebody who needs to hear, that, hear those words. You know, Paul mentions three times, stand firm, stand your ground. He, he meant it. Stand for the truth. Stand against your enemy, which is lies and the father of lies. He points to me and says, it's the devil. He's real. And he says, and then this third thought, you know, I just couldn't get away from the fact that he, he says, stand with the shoes. Having the shoes of the gospel. As I read that, I'm like, man, that word jumped out at me. I'm like, why, why does that word jump out at me? And I've often learned that when a word jumps out, he's got something he wants to say. And so I began to think about my shoes. I began thinking about the shoes I have in my house. And I've got three different places I keep shoes. In my front entrance, I have all the shoes that I like to wear all the time. They're, they're comfortable for me. They're my inserts. If you look on the big screen sometimes, you'll see I wear these, these, these particular shoes quite often. They're my, like my everyday shoes. I'm comfortable in them and then I have another set of you know in my closet I've got a, a, a shelf of shoes that that I've, I I might wear every once in a while like if I have to get dressed up for like a wedding or something those shoes will come out I, I might wear them and then I found out that I got a shelf of shoes I never wear and I don't even know why I have them anymore but they're the ones that I'm like yeah they don't they're not my comfortable shoes I don't, I don't wear them so I was thinking about shoes and I wondered you know do you ever put on someone else's shoes by accident I remember having a call from an event once where somebody had left and, and I had to call them and say, hey, uh, did you uh, happen to wear someone else's shoes home? And they're like, oh, oh, no, they looked exactly like mine, right? But but I don't know about you, but when I put on someone else's shoes, I know. Like right away, like they don't feel the same. The comfort level isn't there. This like, uh, past week, my, uh, my nephew left some boots in my garage, and I stuck them on, and I was like, wait a second. And I looked down, like they look similar, but, man, I knew it right away. They don't feel like my boots. There's, it's not like there's this terrible pain. It's just there's this discomfort, this discomfort when you put on someone else's shoes. You know, have you ever wanted, though? Have you ever, like, you ever wanted to put on somebody else's shoes just for fun to see what they feel like? I know it's a weird thing, but I had that a little while back. I was visiting my buddy Brandon, and he has a pair of $1,300 shoes these are those shoes. And I looked at those shoes. I'm like, $1,300. Like, most of my shoes are closer to $13. Like, from Walmart and stuff. I'm like, I just wonder what it feels like. I'm like, should I ask? Should I not? You know, no, you know what? I. But I had that thought, man. I, I wonder what it feels like. Many of you, if you know, if you're honest, you'd say, man, I wish I could put on these shoes right now. I wish I could put on these things and be at the beach right now. And And you say that but I'd like you to think ahead a little bit because you would not want to be wearing those shoes two weeks from now when you fly back into the airport and face all the scrutiny that some of our politicians are facing. You know, we sometimes want to put on other shoes. But my, my real question to you today, and the real one for me, was this. Have you ever put on someone else's shoes on purpose? Have you ever put someone else's shoes on on purpose? You know, over the past couple of weeks, <laughs> just in conversations I've had with people, I just find out that there's people talking about me. Out there, and, and 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 saying different things that people call me it's like, "Mark, are you an anti-masker?" I'm, you know, I heard somebody they they talk to me, and they're not from our church, but they think think you're an anti-masker. I'm like, please use a proper pronoun. It's Uncle Masker. I'm just kidding, you know. But they're like, they're asking, you know, is are you an anti vaxxer or like, you know, we heard you went to some protest in Toronto, and we think you're, you know, you're. You, you, I had one kid tell me this week. Oh yeah, the pastor from Kingsway, he's a COVID denier. I'm like, wow. I, I, I'm none of those things, by the way. But, but that people wouldn't, wouldn't, ask, wouldn't have the, the chance to come and ask me about it. But I wondered about that. And I, and I heard people are pretty angry about some of those things. And I was, I wondered, I'm like, well, why are they so angry? Like when someone asks a question, why do they all of a sudden get tossed into this thing? And, 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 and where does this, where does the anger come from? And I, I felt, you know, like as a real regular person, my res, instant response is like, well, pfft, who are they? And you want to get angry back. And this, this thought came to me hey, hey, what's it like to be in their shoes? And so instead of getting on Facebook and typing up some stuff, I, I did go on Facebook and I began to go down these walls and I began to just read. I began to go to some of these people that I'd heard about and I just begin to read down their Facebook wall of months and months of posts. And can I tell you something, it was uncomfortable. I didn't agree with all the stuff that they posted. But that's what it is when you get into someone else's shoes. It's uncomfortable. As so I began to read some of these things, but man, I, I learned. I learned a lot. I wondered what's it like to be in their shoes, you know. And I happened to be reading down the walls when our government announced that schools would not be reopening on Monday, and Facebook just lit up like a Christmas tree. Boom, boom, boom! All kinds of people commenting about that, and I thought, you know what? I wonder what it's like to be in their shoes. Why this anger? Why is this coming out? And I wonder, and, I and what I realized that for most people, they respond to how this pandemic affects them personally, and I've done the same. So I began to picture, and, and as I read through these posts, I'm just going to share a bunch of them with you. They are nobody from Kingsway. So in case you think I'm speaking about you, I, I'm not. But as I read about some of these posts, I read about the angry mom. You know, the angry mom, shoes who's who just wants the schools to be open. She's a single mom. She, she wants the schools open so that she can still go to work. She's like, what am I going to do now? How am I supposed to do work and have my kids you know, at home? How is this even going to be possible? And I thought about, man, I, I wonder what it's like to be in her shoes. And I wondered what, what, what could we do for her? What, what could I do to help her? And then on the opposite side of it, all of a sudden I read of, of, a, of a teacher who's like so angry and saying, man, this should have been done, this should have been decided a long time ago because they, they have elderly parents in their home. And like, I don't want to go to school and catch you know, COVID and bring it home to my elderly parents. And it was this, this, this anger. And I thought, huh, yeah, yeah, I wonder. What would it feel like to be in, in, in her shoes right now? And then I read about this depressed teenager who's like, oh, great. You know, they're probably going to delay the high school too. And I just want to see my friends. I wondered, what's it like to be in, in, in her shoes right now? In, a, in an age where social, social connection matters so, so much. What's it, what's it like to be in her shoes? And But then to just read the exact opposite of another person who's just, you know, who's so angry. This lady just blaming all of these teenagers hanging out with their friends saying, you're the reason that this lockdown is continuing. And then goes on to say, I spent Christmas alone. I thought, man, I wonder, what does it feel like to be in her shoes? To have spent Christmas alone, to have sacrificed only to see others not bearing that same sacrifice and feeling like, wow, this is, they're making it, it worse. You know, I think about the burnt-out nurses. I read about that, and they want a stricter lockdown even than what it is right now so that they might be able to see a light at the end of the tunnel. And then, and then reading about a doctor from up north who's the exact opposite. He's like angry that the news has been blowing this out of proportion, saying there's no cases of COVID where, in my hospital. And yet my patients, I've got patients that won't come into the hospital for necessary things because they're afraid of getting COVID. And he's angry about it because of how it affects him. And I wonder, what's it like to be in, in their shoes? And think about the small business owners, how many of them? You know, they just want the lockdown lifted so they can feed their family. And I wondered, what's it, what's it like to be in their shoes? And then the opposite, you know, the woman who posted, you know, she has, a, she has a guaranteed income. And she's like, she posts as if, oh, it doesn't really matter. You guys just need to stay home and do what's good for the good of the country. <laughs> I thought, man, what's it like in her shoes? And I thought, man, you know what? What about, what about the people who've got to make all these decisions? What about Doug Ford? You know, maybe attempting to try and please everyone and in the, as a result, pleasing no one. What's it like to have to deal with something you don't fully understand and you don't know how exactly what you're going to do next and, or whatever's going through his mind and all the name-calling and all the belittlement? I'm under like, man, what's, what's it like to be in, in his shoes? You know, and then I thought about the pastor's writing out there, man, who just see over and over people that are, are hurting and suffering, that there's spiritual health and mental health and emotional health and marital health and, and kids with, you know, in abusive situations and, and seeing these things and just saying, man, I just wish that the government would consider us essential so that we could do our job. And to be honest, I, I know what it feels like to be in those shoes. What's it like to be in their shoes? Have you thought of it? It's because somebody sent me something this morning that just said that what we think is right for us, and you know, we think it's going to be the right, the right resolution to this or the right decision, could be the absolute wrong for someone else. And it made me think. You know, and as I've watched this stuff happening and these people going back and forth at each other and wondering, man, what's it like to be in both sides? I realize we're losing something in our culture and we're losing something in our, in our current humanity or maybe we've lost it already. I wonder, have we lost empathy? The ability to actually understand and share in the feelings of another person? You know, Billy Connolly said it this way, before you judge a man, walk a mile in his shoes. But how many of us, we aren't willing to walk a mile, not even a minute, we will just like, let's, let's respond right away how we feel. Have we lost compassion? You know, the concern for the suffering and misfortune of another person. Have, have we lost that? You know, I think about Jesus and how he introduced something called the golden rule. Matthew chapter 7, verse 12, he says this. He said, do unto others whatever you would like them to do to you. Do unto others whatever you would like them to do to you. If you're reading through the Bible project with us this week, you would have read these words. He's his famous Sermon on the Mount. Do unto others whatever you would like them to do unto you. Because this is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. You know, and I think if he was saying it today, he would probably say this. Speak to others the way you would want them to speak to you. Whether that's online or in person, speak to others the way you would want them to speak to you. I I wonder if we've lost the ability to agree to disagree. H- have we lost the ability to agree to disagree? That we disagree on something, on one thing, and so we separate that we can't even find a, any any common agreements anymore because we just c- cancel culture has put us in that place. You know, Solomon, th- three thousand years ago, wrote wrote these words that still remain true. Proverbs 15.1, he said this: A gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. You know, anyone can feed a, a, an argument fire. But I wonder, you know, if we consider what it's like to be in someone else's shoes, it may very well change the way we respond to them. But if I can just picture what it's like to be in their shoes, man, a gentle answer can come, come back and return. You know, I was reminded this week of our banner. You know, we have this banner above me right now. And if, for those who attended Kingsway, you would, have, you would have remembered it and seen it. And maybe, uh, maybe you haven't seen it in a while. But man, I just, I just remembered it. In this, in this house, you know, we do real in this house, we, we do mistakes, you know. In, the, in this house, we do second chances, and we do I'm sorry, and, and we do forgiveness. That's the community of the Kingsway family, whether that was in this building or not. And and the question I wanted to ask, you know, that's what's in this house. But is that in your house? Is that is that in my house today? You know, is that on is it's on this wall? But is it on my wall? Is it on our Facebook walls? Is that is that motto, what we live and how we live? You know, what if, what if we just simply decided to take a, a minute to say, what's it like to be in their shoes? Paul wrote to the Romans in Romans 14. Romans 14 has been used a lot recently throughout this pandemic for Jesus followers and, and, and trying to say control the way that we, that we live. But Romans 14, Paul writes to the Romans about, about how to live as Jesus followers. But here, here's his encouragement to them. Verse 1, he says, Accept other believers who are weak in faith, and don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. Here, here's Paul writing to a group of people, and if you, you can read it later if you'd like, but Romans 14 talks about how there's people who had really strong stances on things. They had strong stances on what you should eat and what you shouldn't eat. You know, what days you should worship and what days you shouldn't. Whether you should worship in public or not. They had these that very, very strong stands on it. And Paul was saying it's a matter of conscience. There's people who are going to feel very strong about things, but his encouragement to them was don't divide over those things because there's much bigger things that we need to be considering you know, and I think today we have the same thing. I think it would just be different. He would write it in a different way. He said, Man, you know what? I know there's some in the believers, some of the body of Christ. You got really strong stances on things outside of outside of the, the main thing of Jesus. And, and that's okay. You know, some have strong stances on, on Trump, some strong stances on COVID or Ford or or masks or vaccines or following the rules or not following the rules or whatever. You got strong stances on it. You got strong stands, you're standing for your convictions. But I think Paul would encourage us with similar words. He would say, hey, don't get divided over those things you stand for. Stay united around the, the one stand that matters. You know, yes, you're going to have these things, but, but picture what it might be like to walk in those shoes for a minute. And don't, you know, you might disagree with them. That's okay. Disagree. Disagree on items like that. But, but don't, don't allow those disagreements to take away the unity of who we are as Jesus followers. You know, if we considered some of those things we disagree on, if we just considered their perspective for a minute, how did they come to that? Because I think, you know, we, they, they probably have very reasonable reasons why they came to that understanding. And how would we respond if we thought about that? You know, I, I, I say that to say this, that our, that our world watches, and, and what they don't need is our opinion. What they need is our Savior. And so often when there's a strong stance, we, we're right there ready to give our opinion from our perspective and our point of view. But what they really need is our, our Savior. What they very well may need is our Savior. So Paul goes on to say this in Romans 14, verse 10. A little further down, he says, hey, so why do you condemn another believer? Why? You know, why, why do you look down on another believer? He says, why are you looking down on their stand? Why are you, why are you so quick to judge their stand? He says, maybe, maybe I need to remind you of something. Those stands are one thing, but there's one stand that matters more. And he says this, remember, we're all going to stand someday. Where? Before the judgment seat of God. Man, we are all going to stand before his, that, you know, me, you, the people you love, the people you disagree with, he says, we're all going to stand there. And he says this in verse 11, the scriptures say, as surely as I live, says the Lord, Every knee will bend to me, and every tongue will' declare allegiance to God, whether that's by, by, by choice or, or, or by force, He is supreme overall. Verse 12 says, "Yes, each of us will give a personal account to God of how we lived our lives. And so in verse 13, so, so, so let's stop condemning each other. Man, think about, we're going to stand before him one day. <laughs> so in light of that, in light of that, let, let's not condemn each other for these stands. Let's not get angry about all that. Let's just, instead, let's decide something. Let's decide instead to live in such a way that you will not cause another believer to stumble and fall. You know, regardless of the stands that we take in life, we will all stand before him. That means you, that means me. And my question is, am I ready for that? Are you ready for that? Are you ready for that? And I wonder, is our world ready for that? And maybe I ask you this question, do we even care if they are? Or have we taken such a strong thought on this stand that we forget the stand that matters way, way more? Way, way more. You know, I got to say, this week as I read through Facebook, I came across a, a young gal from our church. And after last week's message, she just she said, I was praying, and I just felt you know the Lord prompted on my heart. And she just went on her Facebook wall, and she just posted this beautiful apology. She just put herself out there and said, hey, if anything I've posted has offended you unnecessarily or caused you, you know, uh, to, to not see Christ in me. I, I, am, I am sorry. She goes on to write about how her desire is that people would see God and the goodness of God. I'm like, man, I just love that. That's, that's Holy Spirit at work. i was so encouraged by that and so challenged by it, and I'm thankful for it. And I was challenged as a result. It helped me to, to get to that spot of saying, wait a second, have I, have I taken a moment to step into some other shoes, you know, realizing it doesn't really matter what people think of me, you know, whatever's going around, it's okay. I, I, this is my year of no fear, no fear of men, because, you know, I can't love people if I'm afraid of what you think. I can't tell the truth. I can't speak in love if, if I'm afraid of what you think. And I've just decided this, I'm, I'm going to decide to live in this way. So my question you know, is this, are we following the golden rule? Are we following the golden rule in the way we live, speaking to others as we'd want them to speak to us? You know, Jesus started with the golden rule, but he didn't end there. He ended with the thing that we call the platinum rule. As we close, I want you to consider these words from him. John 13, 34, Jesus said this. The beginning was on the the hillside. Here he's sitting in a room with his disciples right before he's about to, to go to the cross. He says, so now, fellas, I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. You know, the first commandment was love each other the way you hope to be loved by them. But he said, that's just the golden rule. I'm calling you one step higher. Love each other the way that I love you. Love others the way that I love you. You know, don't speak to others the way you hope to be spoken to. Speak to them the way I've spoken to you. Love them the way that I have loved you. That's how you should love each other. And you know what? That kind of love is going to show the whole world that you're actually my followers. Because no one else loves like that. Love the way that you've been loved. I think about that. How are we supposed to love others? Well, the, the, the way he loved us. Well, how did he love us? How did he love us? Let me leave you with this thing. I, come, I think it comes back to those good news shoes. The good news shoes that Paul mentioned in Ephesians 6. Put them on, have those good news shoes ready. You're going to need them. It reminded me of a story of a farmer who, uh, in, the, in, a, in the middle of a winter blizzard, watched a, a flock of geese get blown into his backyard. And as he saw them kind of strewn all over the backyard in the freezing cold, realizing they can't fly. They are literally sitting ducks for any predator that wants to come in and take them out. So he went to his barn and he opened the barn. He's like, I know there's warmth and safety and food in there. I'll I'll open the doors for them. And he went out there and opened. He tried to chase the geese into that barn. They wouldn't go. He tried to lay down, you know, feed along along a path to lead them into that door and, and they wouldn't go. I kind of picture in my mind, you know, those goose are maybe looking around. It's like, yeah, it's winter, like Thanksgiving's over, but Christmas is close. He's probably trying to trap us. He's probably trying, he's going to kill us. He's, all he wants to do is butcher us and eat us. And they stayed out, you know, to their own detriment. And, I, and, I, and I, you know, the farmer says he goes into his house. And as he's looking out the window at these geese, he's like, he, he says to himself, oh, if only I could become a goose, I, I could go and lead them in. You know, it makes me think of God and how he looked at this planet of people lost, abandoned, in danger. (laughs) And his heart breaking for them, sent messengers and sent messages. And then realized, you know what, if if this is going to happen, if I'm going to be able to save them, I need to send myself. And God, the creator of this universe and the creator of this planet, he entered his own creation. He became one of us. He literally walked in our shoes. He came and walked in our shoes not just as you know as a good teacher but when it mattered most when he realized the only way to save the planet was to take the sin take the thing that was killing each and every one of them take the thing that was destroying their lives destroying their marriages destroying everything and take that on himself and literally walk up a hill to a place called Golgotha and hang on a cross to take the weight of our sin. A sinless person, the Hebrew says, he, he was tempted like us, but he never sinned, that he would carry my sin. And I believe as he's on that cross, if it, if it was today, he would simply say, here I stand in their shoes. Here I stand in their shoes. Man, I'm so glad that the God of the universe came and stood in my shoes. I found salvation as a result. You know, as I talk to people, I've heard so many people, you know, maybe based on bad church experience or stuff that they heard Bible-thumping preachers or whatever it may have been. But they think that God's some angry, you know, cosmic killjoy judge in the sky just waiting to smote people. And, and others have said, you know, well, there's pain on the planet, so I, God, he's got to be uncaring or, or unjust or non-existent. And I simply have those thoughts come to mind, S- silly goose. You don't realize that it's his goodness and it is his love that sent him to this planet. And if he was a cruel despot, he would be just controlling people and making them do whatever he wants them to do and, and doing all these things. And he he's not. He's not. You know, so I just leave you with this last thought this morning. John, eyewitness follower of Jesus, knew what Jesus was all about. You know, he wrote a letter to some churches. Number of years after Jesus had died and rose from the dead, gone to heaven, he writes on behalf of Jesus letters to the seven churches, and 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 you can read about that in the first three uh, chapters of Revelation. But he writes one letter, and this letter was written to the lukewarm church of Laodicea. And he says to the man, I, this "Is God writing to him, I wish I wish you were hot, or I wish you were cold. You're kind of in this lukewarm spot." He's like, "Man, I wish you would just decide." That you're either going to be hot or that you're going to be cold. And, and you know what? I believe that's a wake-up call for the Church of North America. That for so long, we've just been this, you know, like, eh, churches. You know, Christianity's my weekend thing. And, and, man, you know, the cost of following Jesus is going up. The cost of following Jesus is going up. And he's calling out to us and saying, man, I wish you would take a stand. Are you going to be hot? Are you going to stand for me? Or are you going to be cold? Please choose a stand. Choose a side. But, get, but he doesn't force them. You know, he he doesn't make them. He doesn't control them. You know what he does? Revelations 3.20. Here's where his last verse today He says this. He says, look, I'm standing too. Do you know where I'm standing? Jesus says, I'm standing at the door, the door of your heart, and, and I'm knocking. If you hear my voice and open the door, I'll come in, and we'll share a meal together as Friends. It's always been about relationship. We're wired for it, designed for it. It's what God wants with each and every one of us. And so, today, I believe He's knocking at the at the door of many hearts here today. Maybe you're, maybe you are the one described as like, yeah, Christianity was kind of my weekend thing, and you know, the rest of my life isn't really. He's knocking at the door today. He's like, man, I wish you would come and join me. I wish you would, you know, come and 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 and, and choose that stand to be all in. You know. To those maybe today, you just realize, man, like, I need a savior. <laughs> I've had this sin stuff. I don't know what to do with it. I can't fix myself. He, he's knocking on the door of your heart today. He's just waiting for you to open and invite him in. You know, when Jesus was on the planet, he just simply said to people, hey, come, follow me. If you'd like, come, follow me. Count the cost, but come and, and follow me. Because he's calling us to take a stand. You know, what is that stand? It's not a stand for what we're against, but it's a stand for Christ and it's a stand for his good news. It's a stand for Christ and it's a stand for his good news. And some of you are like, well, what about standing up for freedom? And what about, you know, standing up for, for the, the rights of the church? I'd encourage you to tune in in the next couple of weeks or really take a look at that. And it may be different than what you're thinking. Can we pray? Heavenly Father, I'm just grateful for your word. I'm grateful that we have absolute truth in a day and age where there just seems to be <laughs> so much confusion. Father, I thank you that we can experience love because we know you. We just ask that you'd perfect love in us. God, none of us are none of us are perfected. We get it wrong. Holy Spirit, I pray again that you'd come fill us with you today. We need it. God, I pray that you help us to see people through your eyes. People we know, people we love, the people we disagree with, the people we don't know, the people who don't know you. God, help us to see them today the way you see them. And Jesus, thank you for coming and walking in my shoes. Path that I was on, you stepped in and took it in a different direction, and I'm eternally grateful to you for that. God I stand in awe of who you are and your goodness. I stand in awe of you this morning. <laughs> Lord as we leave this place, wherever we may find ourselves today, help us remember that you are with us. Lord may that truly affect the way that we live. God I pray your church would grow. Be built strong as a result of this. <laughs> may your kingdom come. May your will be done in and through our lives, I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for spending some time with us this morning. You know, I, I I encourage you, if there's things that stir in your heart, feel free to email me or call me or whatever. I'd love to, love to chat with you. Um, But before we go, I want to leave you with a few questions, some some things to wrestle with, to take this just a little bit deeper. Last night as we hung out here with a group of 10, oh, my goodness. (laughs) The amount of goodness that just came out of that one hour together was just just beautiful. And we talked about some of these questions. Number one, have you ever wished someone would walk in your shoes? Have you ever wished that someone would just take a little bit of time to see it from your perspective? How much help that would just bring to your life, just to know somebody else was, was considering that? I would love for you to chat about that with somebody. Maybe get on a phone call and and, and talk to somebody about that. And I, I would encourage you to. Or second, who needs to uh, who needs you to walk in their shoes? Who who who's in your life that just comes to mind? You're like, yeah, they 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 get so angry at me all the time. Maybe I need to take a moment to to walk in in their shoes and and see what it's like from their perspective. And then finally, have you truly answered the his knock at the door of your heart? Has your Christianity? Moved into relationship with Christ, where it 's like, man, I know I know in whom I have believed, and I will stand for him, no matter what it costs. Have you answered that knock at the door? Pray these things allow Holy Spirit to dig deep down in you because it uh, truly matters. Thanks for being uh, with us today. Thanks for our team, uh, man looking forward to seeing you guys again soon, hopefully at one of the small groups this coming week, and uh, just know that I love you and looking looking forward to seeing what God does in and through your life. Continue to be his church. We'll see you next week.